Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. So glad to have you joining me today. It's an exciting day because today I'm going to look at my favorite reasons for praying. Somebody told me one time you should die for the why. Why do you do what you do? Well, why do you pray? Is prayer actually a good investment of time Or is God sovereign and going to do what he wants to do? So it doesn't really matter if we pray or not. God's going to be God. And so why waste your time praying? Well, I want you to know, prayer is not going to change God. But prayer changes me. And God uses prayer as a channel to change others. So Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. Man, they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. I assure you, they've got their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, go into your closet, shut the door. And when you pray to your father who is in secret, your father who sees in secret, he will reward you. So when you pray, don't babble like the idolaters. You know, don't babble on and on and on. They think that they're going to be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them. Because your father knows the things that you need even before you ask. So, why do I pray? My favorite reasons for praying is because of the fact that God is sovereign. Because of who God is. Now, in the book of Exodus, Moses wanted to know God's first name. What a powerful introduction, right? Moses wanted to know who he should tell Pharaoh had sent him. God's response is this, I am who I am. God is the living, eternal, ever-present, self-existent, holy, unchanging one. This personal name of God is so holy that many Jews would not speak it out loud. They wouldn't even write it on a piece of paper. It's why when Jesus used the phrase, I am, He was accused of blasphemy. It's why the psalmist could write in his lament in Psalm 42 that he was searching for God, the living God. In a world filled with idolatry, the people in the Old Testament worked to make certain no mistake could be made regarding the identity of the one true living God. In our world today, it's still filled with idol worship and still we have idle hearts, we too need to be aware of the one true living God. What we understand from the story and the stats about unbelievers who pray or request prayer is that a person can value the idea of praying without knowing the one to whom he should pray. Now, I want you to know that I talk to people often and I will ask, can I pray for you? And people often say, sure, you can pray for me. And so I'll pray with them, right? And as believers, we want to be known that we pray, but we also want to be known for whom we pray to. It's not just that we're giving some sentences that don't really matter to anything. We want our prayers to be a useful tool to introduce the world to the God that we are praying to. Who is this God to whom we pray? And this is what we want to discover today. The favorite reason that I have for praying is that God is sovereign. You see, he is in the secret place, 
He hears us. That's why Jesus said, you got to slow down. You got to get into a secret place and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret, he will reward you. I think that busyness is the enemy's tool to keep us distracted. And there's so many good things that we can do in life. Now, there's so many things that jockey for our time. It's so easy to get distracted in busyness. Sometimes people come up to me and say, well, pastor, I know you're super busy. Can I have just a minute of your time? And they'll start talking real fast. And I said, don't worry about it. I said, I'm not busy. And that kind of blows their mind when I say I'm not busy. I want to be like Jesus. Jesus never got hurried. Jesus never got too busy for people. He would always slow down and spend time with people. He wasn't so busy saving the world that he couldn't take the time for anybody. The same is true in our relationship with God today. God is not so busy sustaining the universe that he doesn't have time for us. And time is not a measure that God is even concerned with because he is the author of all time. And so when you're in your secret place, know that he hears us. We go to that secret place to slow ourselves down, to give us that focus that we are in his presence. Now, we're in a secret place. We discover that we are to live by faith, believing that he will hear us. You know, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number six, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So there's this component of faith, and it doesn't say that it's hard to please God without faith. It says you can't please God without faith. So God is most impressed in us when we are most impressed in him and most believe in him. Paul says, anyone who comes to him must first believe that he exists. Okay, so God is sovereign, but in order for me to get into his presence, I must believe in him. I must believe that he exists. You ever wonder why there's such an assault on this subject of Does God exist? Why do so many people claim that they believe that God doesn't exist? I want you to know, God doesn't believe in atheists. God doesn't believe in atheists because there's no such thing as really an atheist. The Bible says the fool has said in his heart, no to God. An atheist is not one who doesn't believe God because there's no evidence to support his existence. An atheist is the one who chooses not to believe, and rejects God. It's a rejection, not because of lack of evidence for the existence of God. Now, look what Paul says here. Anyone who comes to him must believe he exists. You see, if you don't believe he exists, he's not going to reveal himself to you. He will obligate you. It doesn't mean he doesn't exist. It means that he chooses not to reward you. He chooses not to reveal himself to you because you choose not to believe in him. He will reward those who earnestly seek him. Earnestly seeking him means that I'm going to be genuine with my motivation to seek him. I'm not seeking him so that I get a reward from him. I'm seeking him because I honestly want to know him. He is sovereign. He is the sovereign who is the great I am. Here's another passage that hopefully will help us understand why we should have this favorite reason of praying, and that first one is that God is God. 1 John 5, 13. 
John the Beloved is writing, and he says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. Okay, so when you believe that God exists, and you believe in the Son of God, that's Jesus, then you know something. You know that you have everlasting life. Now, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God. If we know Him, we know the Savior, we have everlasting life, then we have some confidence as we come into His presence, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we will have what we have asked for. Now, this is an amazing portion of Scripture. Let's dig deeper. The confidence that we have in approaching God, that is, we are convinced that He exists, and it is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. As we come into Him with this confidence, we can ask anything according to His will, according to His sovereign will, according to the fact that He is God that's not going to change. We are going to get in touch with His will. Our will is going to change to be congruent with His will. And when we're praying in His will, then He hears us. He is actually giving us the desires of our heart when our desires of our heart match His will. We know that He hears us. Whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of Him. So as I'm praying to a sovereign God, I'm praying, Lord, allow my will to be conformed to your will. You're not going to change who you are, God. I am the Lord your God. I change not. Since you're not going to change and you cannot change, I will change to be in sync with your sovereign rule in my life. My prayers will begin to change, not my will, but thine be done. Do you want to always have your prayers answered? Always pray within the will of God. How do I always pray within the will of God? I pray the Word of God. I diligently seek scriptures so that I can know the God of the Bible. Then I can pray according to His will. He is sovereign. Let's look at Psalm 66. David is writing, he says, Come and hear all you who fear God. Let me tell you what He has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. For if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened, and he has heard my prayer. Okay, David gives us some really good teaching here. Come and hear. All right, let's use the analogy of church. Go to church. Don't just go to church, but listen, hear. All you who fear the Lord. Okay, this is all who know God. Come and hear what he has to say. Let me tell you what he's done for me. So David says, I'm going to share with you what he has done for me. If he's done it for me, he will do it for you as well. He says, I cried out with my mouth. How did I get God to hear me? I cried out with my mouth, right? I'm coming, I'm hearing and I'm fearing the Lord. I've got reverence for him. I'm into his presence. I cry out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. 
Okay, I'm crying to the Lord. I'm praising his name. But then he adds something that may be a little bit unexpected. He says, as I'm in this praise time, I'm listening to the Lord. I'm hearing him. I'm praising him with the praise of my tongue. If I cherish sin in my heart, if I hold on to sin, if I love sin within my heart, if I try to hide this sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. You know, God doesn't choose to listen to our prayer when we have sin in our lives. So we should confess that sin. He said, but the Lord doesn't listen when there's sin in my life, but God who has surely listened and he has heard my prayer. So maybe today you need to spend some time crying out to God in repentance. Lord, forgive me as I'm in your presence. Forgive me for those lustful thoughts. Forgive me for being consumed with the pride of life. Forgive me for being selfish. Forgive me for being immoral. Forgive me for having thoughts that are displeasing to you. Forgive me for having a spirit of unforgiveness. And as we go through that, God in his sovereignty listens to us and he responds to our prayer. Here's the second favorite reason why I pray. Number one is that God is God. He is sovereign. Number two, I pray because God responds to prayer. Now we're going to look at Jeremiah 33, verses 2 and 3. Jeremiah says, This is what the Lord says. He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. Call to me and I will answer you and I'll tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. So Jeremiah is given this instruction straight from the Lord. You know, the Lord that made the heavens and the earth. This is so we don't misunderstand. This is a capital L, Lord, not a lowercase Lord. This is talking about Jehovah God, the one who made the earth, the one who forms it and establishes it, and the Lord is his name. What does he say? He says, call to me. I will answer you. Cry out to the Lord. He will answer you. Maybe the reason our prayers aren't really getting answered is because our prayers have never really gone beyond our mind. We think something, but there's a difference between thinking something and crying out to the Lord. It's kind of like thinking about going to ask somebody to help you versus asking that person to help you. I mean, don't ever say no for somebody. I know sometimes at the church, I'm guilty of this, where something needs to be done. And I say, well, in my mind, I say, well, why don't I just ask so-and-so to help me with this? Pick up the phone and say, hey, will you help a brother out? But in my mind, I said, nah, he's probably too busy. And I don't want him to think that I'm only calling him because I need something, right? And so we don't even reach out and ask that person to help us. You know, the questions that are never asked when we ask people to help us, uh, the answer is always no. How many times do we accept a no without even asking? How do we know somebody's going to say no unless we ask them? So get beyond yourself, get over yourself, get over the pride or whatever it is, and ask. Jeremiah says, 
Call to the Lord, and He will answer you. Cry out to the Lord. Don't think God's too busy to handle your concern. You know, I used to think that too. You know, God's got a whole universe to worry about uh, and to run. Maybe He's too busy to take care of my little petty problem. No, call to me and I will answer you. And I'll tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. James dives into the same subject when he says, Seek, you shall find. Jesus said, Knock and the door shall be opened to you. James says, Whatever you ask, believing, it will be done. But don't be asking like the wave of the ocean that's doubting. You got to ask in faith, believing that God will respond, and He will. I love to pray because God is sovereign. And as I'm praying, I am tapping into the sovereign will of God for my life. I love to pray because I am praying to a God who responds. You ever leave a voicemail for somebody and they never respond? Or shoot them a text message, they never respond? Send them an email, they never respond? You will never get a no response from God. He will respond. Now, sometimes the answer that we get from Him is not the answer that we necessarily like or we're looking for but he always responds. Yes, no, or not now, but he will indeed respond. And number three, my favorite reasons for praying is that God is the God who blesses. Now I'm going to give a portion of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7. Jesus said, beginning of verse number 7, ask and it will be given to you. Now, the way that phrase is written, as it's given in the original language, it's to ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Keep asking, and you will keep receiving. Ask, and it will be given to you. The same is true with the next phrase, seek and you will find. Keep on seeking, you will keep on finding. The third phrase, knock and the door will be opened to you. Keep on knocking, and the doors will still keep on opening for you. So ask, keep on asking, seek, keep on seeking, knock, and keep on knocking. So there's a persistence to prayer. We're not talking about babbling on saying things over and over again, but as a new opportunity presents itself with a new need, we ask. And when there is something that we have needing to find, we continue to seek. And when it appears that the doors are closed, we continue to knock. Everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks will find. The one who knocks, the door will be open. And then Jesus gives an amazing illustration. He says, let's suppose you have a son. And which of you, if your son asks for bread, is going to give him a stone? So Jesus is throwing out an obvious response here. Obviously, you're not going to give your son a stone if he asks you for a loaf of bread. Or, he says, if he asks you for a fish, are you going to give him a snake? Of course not. If he asks for a fish, you're going to try to get him a fish. You're not going to give him a snake. He says, if you, then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? You see, I pray believing that God will bless me as I pray in His will. Now, there is a persistence that is 
prescribed here. And the reason is, is because God wants us to make sure that's what we really want. And sometimes the things that I initially asked for, I realize I don't really need that. Why am I asking for that? Or the things I initially think I need, I don't really need. And so the asking with this persistence is so that when we ask, we'll be asking for things that we really want. I remember when my kids were young, they would always tell me a whole bunch of things they wanted for Christmas. And I would wait before I bought them anything, and I would kind of listen into the things that they would often repeat. Sometimes they would ask for things, and they never asked for it again. And I knew that they really didn't want it. It was just something that entered into their mind. They said, I want that. Or they saw something, I want that. Well, they really didn't want it. They thought they did. But the things that they really wanted were the things that they often repeated. And so I remember when my son, one year, uh, he loved, uh, this is when Toy Story first came out. The first Toy Story first came out. And my son, Tyler, he loved Woody. And he kept asking over and over and over again for the Woody doll. And so we ended up getting uh, the Woody doll for him. And he loved that thing. And he wore that thing out till the string broke off and it no longer uh, worked. But uh, he asked for that over and over and over again. So I knew he really wanted that because he was insistent. The same is true with the things that we ask God of. And again, we're not babbling going on and on and on. We are going to ask and it's going to be given. We're going to seek and then we're going to find. We're going to knock and the door will be opened. So these are my three favorite ways or really the favorite reasons why I pray. Number one, God is sovereign. You know, the more I pray to a sovereign God, the more I realize He is God and I am not. He's in control. And so I go to that secret place, and Jesus says, there God hears us. It's an exercise of our faith to believe that God is who He says He is. And then I pray because not only is God sovereign, but I pray because he does respond. Oh, I'm so glad that I never get a busy signal. I always get a response from God. Sometimes we ask people for a response and we don't get a response, but that won't be the case with God. He always responds. Jeremiah reminds us that God who made everything is the same God is going to answer us and tell us what is great and and these unsearchable things that you do not know. And I love to pray because I pray to the God who blesses. And I don't know about you, but I kid around and I tell people at my church that I'm kind of a blessing hog, right? And I'll do things to serve others because God blesses me in response. And I know that we shouldn't do it for that only reason, but I want you to know God tells us to ask and it'll be given us and He tells us to seek and we will find, and he tells us to knock and the door will be open. And as we ask, we do receive. As we seek, we do find. And and as we do knock, the doors are opened. And it's just like our children asking us for things. We do respond because we love them. God responds to us because he loves us. Well, I hope today's broadcast has been a blessing to you. In the closing moments that I have in the broadcast today, I want to just let you know about what is happening at Hickory Ridge Community Church. And God has tremendously blessed our church, and and we have wonderful opportunities to reach out into our community. And one of the ways that we reach our community and bless our community is through the Hickory Ridge Academy. And uh, we have a program for preschoolers, and they begin actually at six weeks old 
And then we go up through K-5. We have a before and after program uh, where we pick up the kids uh, and bring them back to the church for an afternoon program and a morning program. And we have a wonderful ministry. We have have about 180 kids that are there every day. And uh, we would love to have you part of this ministry. So if you're looking for an opportunity uh, where you can be involved in a Christian ministry, involved in teaching children God's Word, involved in impacting their lives for all of eternity, maybe Hickory Ridge Academy will be a good fit for you. So call the church office, 421-7500, ask for Sherry, or ask for Caitlin, or ask for Jeannie, and they will be happy to tell you about the opportunities we have right now in our early learning center, in our before and after care, in our K-5 class, so many opportunities. We would love to have you team up with us as we share with our community and providing outstanding, not just childcare, but uh, making disciples of these little precious children. So that number again, 421-7500, 757-421-7500. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm praying for you and thank you that you're a faithful listener. God bless you. Have an amazing day. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.